Hallå? Hallå? Hej! Nej. Jag är I think I think we should have talk in English. Uh, we should talk in English? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, actually, in fact, I think we even like Arabophone is fine. Yani, if I if like the Yanis and the Ahas and the Kida and the Baa comes come out in the middle, I think that's okay. Bro. Oh, but say Yani, I'm thinking. Like it doesn't have to be strictly 100%. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, how are like how is my voice coming out? Is it is it clear? Yes, crystal clear. Well, yours, yours is a bit um, rough, so try to kind of like use headphones. I think the headphones, the mics. I am using headphones. They're low on them, but I am using headphones. I'm using Bluetooth headphones. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. So, um, I don't know. How do we do this? <laughs> well, hi, Shady. How are you? <laughs> to start. Uh, I think, are we recording this? Yeah, yeah, we're recording right now. Uh, but you do have the power to cut, huh? Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine just texted me, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I consider myself an introverted extrovert. Yeah, I consider myself beyond these things. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it. it just, Much I, I, I will introvert when I introvert and I will extrovert when I'm an extrovert, you know? Depends on yeah. the company. Yeah. Oh, um, I think Yanni um, having this as some kind of creative outlet uh, to what I'm experiencing, as you know, uh, is going to help. So I hope yeah. you know that I'm going to be a bit addicted to this. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, How was your day? Like, first of uh, all, my day. Oh. So I woke up super early because. Uh, Sebastian, the guy that I super duper 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 have a crush on. Uh, you should actually you should actually tell the story right now. It would be nice. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. So, uh, so when I first came Pablo. to, sorry. So tell us about your little Pablo Escobar. My little Pablo Escobar. I hope he doesn't. He never hears this podcast. Um, <laughs> he's gonna hate me. Anyway, so I I came to Colombia. I didn't know anyone in Colombia. I came with a guy from Gibraltar that I met in Panama on Tinder. We hooked up today. We met, and then I told him that I was going to Colombia the next day, and he literally bought a ticket to come with me, which I thought was a tad creepy, but whatever. The sex wasn't even that great, and it's like mm-hmm. I've just met you today. So like, what the fuck? Anyway, um, uh, so yeah, I came to Colombia with that guy. And I used to go to a place called Barrio Antioquia to buy weed. And then when coronavirus hit and everybody had to stay home, that place stopped having dealers. Like you had to basically have a person's number and that they and they bring it to your house. You just like there was no other way to get weed. Yeah. Because uh, like there's literally nobody on the streets. Like quarantine is like super duper strict. In I mean, Columbia. I guess you don't exactly shop for weed. You like find somebody that looks creepy sitting on the side. Like how, I mean, how do you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's a really cool website, WeBehind.org, and it kind of tells you where, like, in which neighborhoods and what corners and what kind of people to look for, and also the legality level and what to take care of, and the average price for each major city. Wouldn't the, the wouldn't the police use that? 
Like, wouldn't they just... Uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't. I think the police has still never heard of it. It's pretty underground. We'd be high the org. Uh, okay. I guess it's not going to be anymore. Boom. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we're going <laughs> uh, to muffle the, the address. Anyway, so yeah, I, I used to go there. And then I, like, when shit closed, I couldn't find weed. And my boss, I, was, I had a job at the time in San Francisco. And my boss asked me, like, if I needed anything in Colombia. And I told him I needed weed. And he gave me a guy's number who's Colombian but lives in Chicago, who gave me a guy's number who's Colombian and is here, who gave me a guy's number, and that's Sebastian. <laughs> so I met Sebastian back in April, and it is now July, August, sorry for, for context. Um, so I met Sebastian back in April. He came over. He took me to the ATM, I paid him, he gave me weed, and then he came upstairs and smoked two joints with me. We talked quite a bit. He's very good looking, very, very, very well-read, super, super open-minded and well-educated, just like really cool, and just like extremely, extremely delicious. And um, yeah, so we started like, we started hanging out. Like first he used to only come over when he'd sell me weed and he'd like always just like come upstairs for a joint. And if I just made food, I like invite him to like sit down and eat with me. And then I started, like, actually just inviting him over to hang out. Like, it's like, I have an endless supply of weed, but, like, I still want you to come over. And then he introduced me to his friends, and then him and his friends started coming over. And then he invited me over to his house, and his house was gorgeous, and I love his mom and his sister. Super, super nice. Um, Like, here's an example. I have a pair. I have a pair of vintage glasses, like, super vintage glasses from the 80s. They're gold-plated. They're from Italy. They're Carrera. Super beautiful. A super fucking awesome pair of glasses. And nobody, nobody appreciates my glasses. Nobody knows what they're worth. Fun fact about these glasses, I found them in a metro station in Medigirgis for 80 pounds. That's like $4. Um, okay. uh, but, but they're like insanely, insanely expensive. Like if I, put, if I put them on eBay today, I can make at least $200. So anyway, when I went to his house, his mother recognized my glasses and his dad like just grabbed my glasses and showed me the stamp that they were gold plated. I knew they were cool and vintage. I had no idea that they were gold plated. And he showed me like that the gold that it was gold plated. So he showed me the stamp. So like his family is like really cool, like not at all nouveau riche, like super very similar to my family. His mom like super reminded me of my mom. So um I I felt like really nice in his home, but say I need they have weed plants and they have coca plants and they have a painting of Pablo Escobar. <laughs> so like, <laughs> very different ambitions than my family's ambitions <laughs> for themselves and myself. Yeah, you know? uh, but yeah, and then, yeah, so Sebastian and I started hanging out and then he has a daughter, she's seven years old and um, I did a Zoom call with his daughter about Cleopatra. Like I told her Cleopatra's story because uh, like she's really interested in Cleopatra because okay. for her birthday I gave him a papyrus with Cleopatra's face on it as a gift for his daughter <laughs> okay that's nice yeah so she's like kind of obsessed with Cleopatra now so they're like yeah I, my mom's an Egyptologist so I called my mom and she told me the entire Cleopatra story on the phone and I took notes and everything and then I gave her like a nice Cleopatra lecture and I even had pictures and stuff. <laughs> but um but yeah, we flirt on again, off again. Nothing real has happened. He's very against polyamory, very like traditional and monogamous in the way he does relationships. So hmm. I don't think he would be done for something casual that lasts about four weeks until I leave. Yet. I'd be super down to have like something nice, intense, and casual. Like I had, 
I had a really, really beautiful, really intense, really magical one-month relationship with a guy named Nelson when I was in Panama. That was before I met okay. the Gibraltarian guy. Uh, the Gibraltarian guy was kind of an ass, but Nelson was fucking awesome. Nelson is from Portland. Well, he's from California, but he lives in Portland. And we matched on Tinder, like the day he landed in Panama. And we met that day and made out the day after. And the third day he moved into the hostel where I worked and just like stayed at my hostel the entire time he was in Panama. We went camping together. We tattooed each other. Uh, We went and got tested and stopped using condoms. Like we had a really nice level of intimacy for an entire month. We told each other that we loved each other. We're still in touch, but he's in... um, He's in Portland and I'm here. Like it's, and I'm kind of like that in the way I do love. Like I, I'm very, very mm. capable of loving someone truly, madly, deeply, intensely, amazing for like however long it lasts and then just letting go because, you know, we're going different ways or like I'm leaving the country or he's leaving the country or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and I find that a lot of people... Doesn't are, that get painful? Like, does it ever get painful? No, it doesn't because I know that they're always going to be in my life. There was no tension whatsoever. Like knowing that the relationship has an expiry date makes it so much less tense and it makes the expectations like so much easier to meet. And like, yeah. it, it, like it makes it less codependent. Like I won't get used to counting and depending on someone because I know this is going to end on that date. So yeah. I love them and I know for a fact that if Nelson and I are ever in the same country, we're going to super duper reconnect and we're going to pick it up right where we left off. Reminds me, reminds me of someone I met from Colombia as well. Sorry? I think, reminds me of someone I met from Colombia. Okay. Uh, I think I had this kind of thing. It didn't have an expiration date. Uh, and uh, like we used to say something together. Uh, my love is not weather. It will never change. Um, because... You said, like you said before, it has an expiry date. Actually, ours just never had one because even if I met them, like right now, I would still love them in the same way that I loved them before. Um, And I'm sure it's the same thing with you. But to kind of have something that doesn't like fade or doesn't change, it's it's like when people have this feeling of going to church, like a church they go to all the time. Um, the church is always there. It's never going to change its location. It's never going to pack its, uh, its bags and leave. Uh, it's never going to be even annoyed that you went away for like a year and came back. So I was there and so I was happy to see you. So I don't know. It's just what you said kind of reminded me of that. And when you're in this part of the world, uh, I, I noticed that people have like a very different attitude to like love. Yeah. I think, and we've kind of like we we've we we've kind of changed the way we do everything. Like we've changed the way we do media, the way we do TV, the way we do entertainment, the way we go out, the way we date, everything except for the way we do long-term relationships and the way we do schools and classes. But like, forget schools and classrooms, not our not our circus, not our monkeys. But like, the way we do relationships needs to change because the whole nuclear mom and dad and three kids family that worked for our grandparents it worked fantastically for our grandparents and then with our parents there was already a shitload of changes in technology and lifestyle in quality of life and levels of anxiety and that's super important because they're fucking rising generation for generation relationships haven't changed we're still expected to love one person and like that's like the end of your well of love but like no i think that the more you give love the more you're able to receive and when you love without 
owning someone, it's it, it just it makes it so magical. It makes it so magical, and I think it makes it so much more relevant to our time. It's a way to do love that's just more appropriate for the way we're living now. Hmm. It's 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 a nice uh, it's a nice thought. I know it's not gonna be suitable for everyone, but uh, yeah, we should all find a way to change the way we love. Anyway. Yeah, I I also think Sorry, that like yeah. one thing that polyamory really helps with is is like emotional literacy, and it's not like not emo yeah 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 like emotional intelligence because like. You know, when you're in a party relationship and you're jealous or you're upset or like you're sulking or whatever, you can't really sulk in a in a polyamorous relationship because sulking is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, the fuck is sulking? We're not five anymore. Like, just say what's bothering you and let's talk about it. You know what I mean? And I mm. think like when you're in a polyamorous relationship, there's not a lot of space for that. Like, nobody sulks. We all talk about our feelings very honestly and very openly. And if yeah. you're jealous, you have to think about why you're jealous. And if someone makes you uncomfortable, you have to think about why they make you uncomfortable. And it's really helpful. And you have a couple of heads or like more that think with you. So if yeah. one person gets it wrong, another person can explain it to the other person. And like, okay, I, there's, there's a lot of understanding that's just kind of go around. Yeah. So... Sorry, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. It's, cool. Yeah. it's all right. It's, it's our podcast. It's not my podcast. Sorry for going into long tangents. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. So, like, um, wow. <laughs> Even forgot what we were going to talk about, like, from the start. So, so we need you to, like, kind of, like, trace it back to your little Pablo Escobar somehow. Well, I mean, yeah, I I also kissed his friend. Why? Because I'm because I was drunk and I was very high. I done ecstasy and smoked a fuckload of weed and I had like a bottle of wine with just a friend. And he was like, oh, I was sitting in the hammock and he was like standing next to me and we were talking and he was really making me laugh and I thought he was kind of cute. And he was like the only one at that party who was my age. Everybody else was like nine, between 19 and 24. I'm 31. And he was 36. So, you know, it kind of like just automatically made him more attractive than everybody else. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And then he just like, you know, he got in the hammock and we made out. Um, and then we were going to have sex, but I was really, really drunk and really tired. And I, I actually mastered the willpower to say I'm really horny, but I am not. I'm I'm in no state of mind to give you my consent. So why don't you sleep over and we have sex tomorrow? And he said yes. And he slept over, okay. and then the next morning he's like, I need to go home. I'm gonna go home and do some stuff, and then I'm gonna come back in the afternoon. And then he never showed. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe he has his reasons. I'm sure he does. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> I was talking with a friend uh, like before we wanted to start this and I was uh, like we were discussing something trying to convince her to come and join us um, so we were discussing how like love starts um, when you first meet someone like in a traditional sense um, you have this like all these feelings of like passion and you're convinced that this person is like your entire world and the sunshine comes out of their ass um 
But then that kind of passion usually always fades. That's what I think. Um, and there's this some kind of security that comes after. I'm not sure uh, anyone agrees with that uh, kind of outlook on love. But what do you think? Like, do you think um, when you love someone, should you, uh, like, does love start when this security settles or does love just start, like, when everyone is all passionate and all um, enamored with the person they're with? I generally, uh, there was this guy, this philosopher slash psychologist that I, slash writer, slash YouTuber that I love, 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 love and admire and adore. And I went to one of his lectures. His name is Alan Button, but anyway, not about him. He talks about love, about romanticism and how romanticism ruined love. Okay. And he said that, um, uh, that um, like, you know, romanticism is kind of like a big fan of meeting someone and getting that special feelings and these butterflies in your stomachs and sparks and I don't know what. But, and you really don't think objectively at all about whether you're, you're going to work out with that person. And that's why uh, so many marriages and so many partnerships fail. And romanticism is, is something that actually started like very, very recently. Before that, people who got married got married for practical reasons. It's like you have a piece of land next to my piece of land. Let's get married and make one big piece of land together, you know? Uh, so okay. <laughs> that's really how love worked like back in the day. Well, not love, but like how marriage worked. And then from that, they built their com- compatibility. So the way I think about it now is I, I, I get to know people. And when I see that we are compatible on, th- on certain level, I say the words, I love you. So for example, with, with Nelson, I noticed that Ishta, we're both into the same drugs. We kind of laugh at the same jokes. We're both kind of like dorky and nerdy in the same way. He's a computer engineer. And I like I'm like a super duper pun nerd, and I just like make like silly, sciencey, punny jokes, and um, so yeah, like we we you know we were just compatible in that way. He really likes surfing. I really like camping. So like so many times we would just like go out to the forest, like somewhere with forest and beach, and I would camp in the forest, and he would go surfing, and I would just like go sit on the beach and read while he surfs. So like. It, we were compatible. There were other times when I was younger and I didn't think of love the way I do now, where I would just like fall in love with someone and like find them like incredibly cute and be like super in love with everything they say. I would pedestal them and think like everything they say and do is so perfect and so compatible with me. And like, oh my God, their birthday is three days after mine. We're so made for each other. And I would look for signs and see them everywhere. But that didn't work out because conflicts were never able to be resolved. And we had like fundamental differences that like really, really created like serious arguments. Okay. Can you like give an example? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> because right now as I was saying that, I thought of an example. I was, I met this guy. Um, I met this guy um, called Steve at a club in Los Angeles. Uh, I was at the time living in San Francisco and he was living in Orange County. So neither one of us was living in Los Angeles. However, he stayed, he spent the entire weekend I was spending in LA, he spent it with me. We had insane sex, just like amazing sex and like woke up in the morning and found out we both love bacon, how rare. Um, and, uh, bacon? Bacon. 
Bacon, oh, okay. Yeah, the, the <laughs> little shit that's really hard to get in Egypt. And then Steve and I started out at long distance, where we would just like meet every other weekend somewhere on the beach of California between LA and San Francisco and fuck and smoke weed for an entire weekend and camp. Hmm. And then I thought I was in love with Steve, but I didn't know Steve at all. So I invited Steve. I found Steve a job in San Francisco and I invited him to come move in with me. And he did. And holy fuck, we were so like fundamentally different. Like Steve would say things like, I think women ruin the economy by asking for equal wages. Okay. So like, it's like, I, I can't be with someone who thinks like that. That's not a difference that I can accept. I can be with someone who likes pineapple on a pizza. I can, I can handle that. That's a difference I can totally accept. I can be with someone who only likes plain white sheets and doesn't want any colorful sheets on the bed. So it's a difference I can totally deal with. But if you think women don't deserve equal wages, that's not a difference I can deal with. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. So I realized that I was in love with a man that I had pedestals because the sex was great and we had fun together when we smoked on the beach. But... We were, like, we were the opposite of compatible. So nowadays, I try, like, Steve and I had, like, insane arguments. I hit Steve once. Uh, I stabbed myself in the middle of an argument with Steve just to make him shut the fuck up because he was being so abusive. So, uh, the, like, our, our lack of compatibility wow. kind of broke us and the relationship. Hmm. And I think that, like, it was actually Steve who introduced me to Alain the Button, and it was... I went with Steve to an Alain de Button lecture that, that, that kind of explained how we should, we should search for compatibility. So nowadays, when I see someone who like, you know, likes the same drugs I like, listens to the same music I listen to, I start talking to them. I start bringing up things like, I ask them how they're crazy. That's a very important question. Like, what are your anxieties and fears and how are you crazy? What the fuck how are you doing? Yeah, like, because we're all crazy. So it's, it's important to know how the fuck, like what the fuck they're going to be projecting on me in a few months when they know me better. So at the get-go to see uh, if it's something I can handle or not. That's, that's actually really nice. Like I think, I think if I actually started all my relationships with, with a discussion, a serious discussion on like how each of us are crazy and like how self-aware of this, of this we are, I, I think they'd have lasted longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do that. I do that like on a... On a I think on they had it lasted, actually. It's super like duper. It's, it's my it's my 100% second date question. Second date always. I always ask, how are you crazy? This is how I'm crazy. How are you crazy? It's like, I have abandonment <laughs> issues because my parents left me alone quite a lot when I, was a, when I was a kid. So when we have plans and you cancel, I get super anxious. I'd rather you don't make plans with me at the get-go than make plans and cancel. I tell them things like that. That's that's like super duper helpful because eventually something like that would happen, eventually no matter and what. And they won't understand uh, why I'm they'd crazy. They'd know exactly. They'd know how you feel. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's very really kind. Nice it's a very kind thing to do when you meet someone. If we had if we had to like name an episode uh, with a name, I think this would be the name for it. How, how, <laughs> how are you? Yalla Vina. I like it. Second date question. How are you crazy? <laughs> so what's your first date question? Uh, what's your first 
<laughs> or you, <laughs> do you eat meat? Because <laughs> I'm vegetarian. You eat meat. <laughs> what kind of meat? <laughs> and I'm vegetarian. I'm vegetarian, so like it's always a first date topic, especially if we're going out for food. No, my question would be a different kind of meat. <laughs> I mean, do you eat it? <laughs> I I would assume that if somebody doesn't eat that kind of meat, Aslan, they have no space. Like they have no. They have they, there's literally no space for them in my life. <laughs> there are actually people there are actually people that hate like the the act of you know <laughs> wow. let's not say it like directly uh, right now. I, I, I'm At sorry. Least, I'm uh, sorry for them. I'm so so sorry for them. And and no, there is no space yeah. for them in my life. There's no space yeah, for that kind true. of negativity. True. <laughs> it is a form of negativity. I mean, yeah, it's just like the people who tell you you put too much parmesan on your pasta when tamale. If I put an entire block of Parmesan in my pasta, what do you lose? Are you the cow that's being milked for this cheese? I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> uh, uh, let me think. What's my first date question? Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, I think I think my first date question would be something like, do you expect me? Uh, to entertain you because because I have this thing where I hate I hate this idea it's like a, a source of huge insecurity inside me that the person I'm seeing with um, views me not as a person but as something fun and the moment I drop this fun element they're just gonna disappear what do you hola, think? Hola, hola, Tini. I'm sorry can you come again okay so Some people, date just... I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Some people date just to kind of have fun and not have fun in a way that's, uh, um, oh, we're having fun together. No, have fun as in my life is boring and you're going to make up for that. Okay. So I think my first date question would be that. If, are, are you going to use me as like a source of entertainment and the moment... My, I, I, I feel a bit anxious or I feel a bit down. You're just gonna like disappear, then fuck off already because <laughs> I already am, <laughs> already am, <laughs> already am like super tired about other stuff, and I'm not gonna be able to be fun if this expectation of be be fun or die is there. Be fun or die, yeah. I mean, um. I don't know. I think like uh... it's okay to disagree with that. I know it's a bit um, like in the face. Like people, uh, people have the right to kind of just want to have fun with someone. But it's when it's such a demand that you kind of get anxious over it. Like it's like you have this bar that's over your head, and it's like going up, 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 up. And the moment it drops just a little bit, you're like you're in the danger zone. And when it drops at all, you, they just like remove you. It's like you're not dating a person; you're dating, I don't know, a, a movie or something that you're gonna close once it just gets a little bit slow in the middle. Yeah. People are allowed to kind of, you know, just exist. And I think Chill one thing I found like that, like with polyamory. Is that like you're not just dependent on one person? Ah, oh, no, that's why and, I enjoyed it. And you're much more independent, in fact. So even though you have several people in your life that you love and you date, you're still far more independent than 
when you are with a single person because when when you when you're with a single person it's very very easy to fall into the trap of codependency where that person becomes your mother and your father and your psychologist and your friend and your fuck buddy and everything yeah 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 i was actually saying that to someone and and they got super bothered and they misunderstood me like okay so i'm going through a breakup you know that yeah so one of the things that really damaged us is i was completely pressured at some point Uh, i was dissociated i wasn't being exactly giving and the person that i'm with was just like i have these problems help me uh cheer me up uh do whatever so I was operating not just as a boyfriend, but as an advisor and a therapist. Um, so I said it in that way. I said it, I can't be your boyfriend, best friend, advisor, therapist, whatever. And they took it in the complete wrong way. Um, because not everyone can tune in to their <laughs> like helpful therapist self. Not everyone can be always, all the time, all these things. Right. I, I, sorry, I, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I, uh, it's, 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 it's impossible to be all of these things, and it's not fair and quite selfish, in fact, to expect someone to do or to be all of these things. Because, to be honest, like, look at the times we're in. We're all struggling. Every single person is struggling. Your struggle doesn't make you special. You're, you're special because you're you. You're not special because of your struggle, because everybody has a fucking struggle. So it's quite selfish to expect someone to completely be there for you in every single aspect of your struggle and to play every single caring role in your life. It's extremely selfish because that person also needs their someone and that person is also struggling with work and is also struggling with their body image and it's also struggling with, you know, the, I, I don't know, the, the way they're bored. They're struggling with their lack of presence and their disassociation. They're struggling. Everybody has a fucking struggle. So it's, it's I think in the, one thing that polyamory really provided me at least with, I, I think I had like my most successful bit of polyamory when I was in Mexico because like, I traveled with Eric, I cooked, and I had amazing sex with Bernardo. I talked about philosophy and life and conspiracy theories and, I don't know, the the woes of capitalism and, like, how much we hate our jobs and had great sex with Walter. Uh, I went out with Carol and we talked about vegetarianism. And like, you know, it was... It, 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 I, I didn't really count on one person to fulfill every single thing I need. I had, and I was able to mention my problems with each of them very briefly, and we would talk about them, and we'd be done, and we, you know, go move on to happier things, and that was okay. And I felt, I, I think, in the that came in when you have one problem in your life, like one big problem, and you have one person in your life, you're going to talk to them about that problem, and it's going to become all you talk about. And that's going to create a, a negative cycle where that's going to become all you think about, and it's just going to become you. It's going to become the axis of your life and it's going to, to make everything negative. But so if you have a lot of people that you do certain activities with, you're going to bring up your problem, you're going to talk about it for a second, they're going to offer support and they're going to offer solutions if they have any. And then we're going to move on and do the things, like the activities that we like doing together because we don't see each other so much, because we're not together every day, because we only see each other like once or twice a week. So we're going to focus on like having fun and having a great time and doing all the awesome things so just even gets you out of like a lot of depressive states, I think. Hmm. At least that's what that was the case for me. And that's a very um, yeah, it's a very comfortable kind of situation to be in. 
Yeah, it really is. But see, it's also a lot of work. Like, they all knew about each other, right? Like, none of them thought they were the only one. And I didn't mm. think I was the only one with any of them. And that's yeah. very important because that's the hardest part of polyamory, right? Because, like, you know, having a girlfriend and sleeping with, with five other girls doesn't, doesn't, and without telling your girlfriend is not polyamory. <laughs> that's yeah, <cheating>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear and we well, all know what we think about cheating something else like pressuring, pressuring the girlfriend into accepting that you're gonna sleep with five other girls and convince her that's polyamory that's also shit that's that's I don't like that's just shit that's plain out shit especially if she can't sleep with five other guys Exactly, exactly. I, I used to be in that kind of situation where I was expected to kind of be open to things that couldn't be applied to me. And, and I just couldn't like grasp the concept. <laughs> no, that's, that's ridiculous. Don't do that. Don't ever there's another it. There's another form of polyamory when like three or four people are in a relationship together, like as an entity, all together. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. There's also a lot of like throuples where it's two women and one man. Yeah. Or a gay couple yeah, and a girl. Okay. Like, how, how is it? A gay... Oh, okay. Like a bi couple, then, I guess. A what? A bi couple? Or. A, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. Like, they're, how is called, the gay they're called throuples. Oh. Like, it would be like a. Yeah, like two men and a woman, or two women and a man. They're basically, yeah. like, even. Let's not be heteronormative. I mean, they could also be trans or transitioning yeah. or intersex. Uh, but saying that's what I've seen so far. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I I miss I miss that kind of space when I used to have like several partners and we're all together in this. It was it was a nice thing. Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure. I think like we're we're hitting the 35 minute mark. Should all we right. end it there or should we keep going? I don't know. <laughs> I think we can end it there and maybe next episode we can talk about how to make polyamory work. Um, yeah, maybe. Or like oh. like several topics we can just like prepare them together and like go and shoot. I mean this one was totally unprepared and I think it went very well. So yay. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh it would be really funny if <laughs> if I ended this and the like the recording disappeared or something. La la la. بس اهم حاجه بقى يا جماعه ما تنسوش تدوسوا سبسكرايب وتعملوا شير. Sorry I couldn't do it. Yeah, we're still gonna figure out what how's that gonna work. Subscribe بس. مش. What do you think about that name? Cool. اه هو ترانس كونتيننتال اوكي I don't know why even though like I read it I didn't even read like I kept reading intercontinental and I was thinking like intercontinental isn't that name already taken? Okay, whatever. But no. Now that not I'm that hearing true. it, not reading it, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. For time. Thank you, Rugi, for your time. Yani, I've been, uh, I was struggling, sure. Yani. No, I no think worries. We're, 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 that's the last recording. But uh, <laughs> yani, thank you. No worries. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, I'll text you. All right, cheers. All right. All right. Bye-bye.